Hi, this is Jane. And I'm Alicia. And we're the, the Log, Log Ladies. ladies. <laughs> we're never going to get this. I know. <laughs> it's forever going to feel awkward. God. <laughs> um, so I heard that you had a crazy dream this yes. week. Yes. I actually had a dream and I actually remembered it. And after it's been about, it's been about a week since I've had it. And thinking back, it really feels like the dream in some way comes from or has to do with Twin Peaks. Ooh. I mean, it doesn't actually have anything to do with it, but just as I thought about it more, I'm like, I don't know, just like a, a type of dream that maybe was something would happen with Twin Peaks or just yeah. the kind of things that have been happening in Twin Peaks. Because I was like, I haven't been watching any scary movies lately. I'm like, why did I have this crazy dream? Um, so basically, this is the first time, uh, probably since I was little, that I woke up from a nightmare and like ran out to the living room where Jason was and oh uh, and just I was like so scared I was like I can't be alone right now. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but I was basically I was watching myself sleeping in my dream. You're gonna scare me. Are you gonna scare me right now? <laughs> I mean, it's not that scary. It's just more okay. scary to me. That's all dreams. Okay. Are. Okay. Okay. I was Good. watching myself sleeping and in so I was kind of having like a dream within a dream and while I was dreaming, like my body was being taken over by like a demon or something. And it was, it had my jaw locked and I couldn't open my mouth, but it was like also trying to speak through me. I I don't know. And then I got like really scared and I couldn't move. And then I woke up from my dream in my dream and I was like really scared. And I, um, like my mom was there and my dog was there. And then my dog's like jaw was locked too, just like mine. And wow. uh, I, I don't know. And then I woke up from that dream from, I was talking out loud. Like I woke myself up from my own voice. Yeah. And in my dream, my voice wasn't my voice. It was like the devil's voice. But oh I woke up and I was saying like, like sit with me. And I woke up to myself. Oh my God. I woke up to myself <laughs> saying sit with me as if like someone was next to me. And then I like woke up to that and nobody was next to me. And my jaw hurt. I must have been clenching it. And I just like freaked out and like ran out to the living room. And I don't know. It was honestly, it was just the scariest thing. That is so scary. (laughs) That is horrifying. I am scared. You said I wasn't going to be scared. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, So today we're reviewing episode three of season two, Man Behind the Glass. The director was Leslie Linka Gladder. And the writer is Mark. Ro- the writers were Mark Frost and David Lynch. And the synopsis of this episode from IMDb is: Donna meets with Harold Smith, a recluse who may be the key to solving Laura's murder. And we have the log lady intro for this episode, mm-hmm. um, which we're going to have for every episode now. But for this one, it is: letters are symbols. They are building blocks of words which form our languages. Languages help us communicate. Even with complicated languages used by intelligent people, misunderstanding is a common occurrence. We write things down sometimes, letters, words, hoping they will serve us and those with whom we wish to communicate. Letters and words calling out for understanding. Hmm. Do you think that has to do with um, all, all the letters that have been found on these women's bodies? Ooh. 
that they're trying to make a connection with. It's like a form of a language, like someone's trying to communicate with them. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, definitely the first line is letters are symbols. So definitely that. Mm-hmm. And then my first thought was like the the diary that we find from Laura at the end of this episode. Oh. That's kind of what I thought I was referencing. But that totally makes sense too. We write things down sometimes, letters, words, hoping they will serve us and those with whom we wish to communicate. Well, that That's, line specifically definitely yeah. has to do with Laura's diary. Yeah. Hoping they will serve us. I mean, now that whenever somebody dies, like a diary is, is key. It's like an extra witness. Right. I mean, well, it is. It's them. Right. Yeah. To like actually say like a different side of what was going on with them at that time. And like the last entry is always important. The last entry in her diary was like meeting with Jade tonight. Yeah. Well, that was the last entry in her original diary that they found. But then in this episode, we find another diary. I was wondering if that was the original diary or if it was a different one. I thought it was. I think it's a different one. It must be. But I'm not sure. Because the, the original one is in police custody. Right, yeah. Right? It has to be, yeah. Yeah. It has to be a new one. Otherwise, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, that's what makes that ending so creepy. Um, but also really interesting. So we start this episode with Rana. Ronette, sorry. Um, and she's awake, like screaming. And you find out that someone tried to kill her. They injected her with some sort of liquid that comes out blue in her IV and they also put a letter under her nail which is a B letter B Mm -hmm. so so far we have BTR one thing I thought was interesting about the way this episode started is well the last few episodes have kind of taken a different turn which we've talked about and have they've been much more like horror like Mm -hmm. Um, and when this episode started um, it started with like a like a one shot, the camera was just kind of slowly going around in a circle and there was like ominous music and obviously like she's screaming and people are like rushing around and I'm just like, I kind of forgot that it had taken on this, uh, like the show had taken on this kind of new horror tone. Right. And so when it started, I was like, oh yeah, like I, f- I forgot, like I have to prepare myself. But then the episode, the rest of the episode didn't really have much like that at all. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a relief because the last two have been so heavy. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think I'm, I was honestly really, I'm really excited to talk about this episode because I think it might be my favorite episode so far. Really? I really like this episode. Wow. (laughs) Only because I kept like things kept happening and I was like, God, I love that quote. I love that quote. Like I kept writing things down and I was like, God, that's such a good quote. Just in it's like Twin Peaksiness, you know? Yeah. This was this was a really good episode. Yeah. I don't know if I would go as far to say it was my favorite, but but it was a really good episode and there was like a sense of relief and a sense of satisfaction, but then still questions and it was a good balance of a little bit of everything. Yeah. I felt like it was really balanced. Very balanced. Like it, it yeah. I, it was probably the most um like rational or reasonable or kind of stable episode. Right. Like, I don't even think I have a moose head for this episode. That's how kind of just level it was. Yeah. Honestly. I know I do too, but it's, I'm kind of like grasping at straws a little bit. So this was different. Yeah. And I, I guess I shouldn't say, I don't know if it's my favorite episode, but it's the first time I've ever thought like during an episode, like, oh my gosh, this might be one of my favorites. Like 
That's yeah, awesome. but I haven't really ever had that experience with any of the other ones. So that's why I'm kind of saying, mm-hmm. like, I think this might be my favorite. I'm just like, I'm so excited for Ronette to finally speak. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just like, I feel like we've been on the edge of our seats with her. Like nothing has really happened except, you know, things have happened to her, but she's been so passive this, this whole show. Yeah. Really. And she's the only one that can actually tell us who the killer is, you know? So right. as soon as she's as soon as she's able to speak, well, if she remembers and she's like mentally there, then, I mean, she knows she knows who the killer is. Right. I mean, so far we know she's terrified of Bob, mm-hmm. whoever Bob is. But yeah, besides that, we don't really know very much. Yeah. And now we know like whoever, someone a part of the murder is very close by, close enough to tamper with Ronette's yeah um well being um in this episode which is really scary like i didn't kind of expect that it felt like the killer was kind of far away like maybe across the border or like you know at one eye jacks or something at this point i didn't realize it was someone who's so close like some monster in the forest exactly yeah or aliens from outer space you know (laughs) but yeah they're very close by then we move on to donna and harold smith oh so harold Mm -hmm. is oh what were you gonna say no, I just thought it was a surprise to me. Me too. Wait, what was a surprise to you about Well, it? I thought he was going to be this old man. Me too. <laughs> I think that's what everybody thought. I think that's what the audience thought. That's what the characters in Twin Peaks thought. You're right. And he was like this young, attractive guy. Yeah. I read that down as if I was like, oh, I thought he was going to be old, as if that was going to be like a big <laughs> thing. That's- but then later on in the episode, someone in the show says the same thing. Yeah. So I was like, damn it. Actually, he was young and charming. Hmm. <laughs> see one of the lines i loved this episode <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes Little, like high school girl trying to make james jealous i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i know i like that too. we can get into it but i loved it um i was so happy yeah he was young and charming he had a really deep voice but he was definitely a young man he said he used to be a horticulturist which i don't like um, that means you work with plants, but I don't know what it means that he used to be one. And why isn't he one anymore? Well, he used to be one because a horticulture should like be working outside. Right. Right. Yeah. But now he, he's a recluse. He doesn't go outside at all. So, but I wonder mm. why. Yeah. I wonder what happened. I don't know. I feel like there's some mystery yeah. there. We're going to find out like what happened with him. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really excited. I actually, um, you know, spoiler alert, I actually chose him as my favorite character this episode. <laughs> so I was really excited. <laughs> oh, good choice. Yeah, I really like him and I really like this side storyline and I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Me too, me too. Um, and then and then we get this great scene with Albert Cooper and who's our third guy? Ugh, I will never get all the names down. Uh, Harry and Albert. Harry. And Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, Albert, and Cooper. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of going over the case details. This is one of my favorite quotes. Um, they're going over the case details, and Albert is like, Do you get the picture? And Cooper's like, I even get the frame. <laughs> love it. I love that. I think Albert has some of the best lines. He does. They're very quick and clever and smart and I don't know like it's easy to miss because they happen so fast but he has some really funny lines yeah this is why I love him I I really like him now (laughs) I didn't not like him before but I guess I just I I don't even know but I really like him now he like 
we've seen a little bit more heart from him in the recent episodes. We're getting to know him a little better. Um, and I just, yeah, I really like him. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy that he joined the mm-hmm. pack. And he's actually kind of working more with them. Right. I know. And then this episode, he was like, he was trying to figure out who shot Cooper mm-hmm. and he gets like a hint and he's like, this is going to be my ticket out of here. But my first thought was like, oh no, I want him to stay on the show. I hope he stays on as a regular. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope he doesn't <laughs> solve the mystery anytime soon. And I keep forgetting that Cooper was shot because it seems like nobody cares about it or no one's trying to find out who shot him. But, but Albert is, so. I know. Yeah. That's why he's there. Yeah. Like his presence is the whole, like it points to the fact that they are trying to figure out who Mm -hmm. shot Cooper. I think they're just assuming that it's part of this bigger mystery. And so they're not. Yeah, it's all connected somehow. I mean, it probably is. The person that's lead on the case for finding Laura Palmer's murder gets shot. Like it's definitely all connected. Yeah. And I guess like as much as Albert is just trying to figure out Cooper's shooting, he can only help this case. And like, he's just adding additional evidence for them basically. Mm -hmm. Like the whole episode revolves a lot around Bob, this person that um, they've posted. Now they've posted flyers saying who knows him. And they're like, just trying to figure out like who's seen him, who knows him and trying to figure out what the link is. And the police department gets a good tip because Leland comes into the police department and tells them how he knows Bob from when he was younger and how it was his neighbor at that cabin on the lake. Right. Um, and even I was, I was really curious how they were going to react to that, but they totally take it at face value and they're like, that's yeah. our guy. Well, everything seemed to match up. Like, well, his name being Robert right. and the letters that they have mm-hmm. that were underneath the girl's fingers were RBT. So it kind of was like Robert. Mm-hmm. And the line that Leland says that he used to say, like they've heard that before from multiple people from Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just does seem to match up. Totally. The only thing I don't get is if Leland knew him as an adult when he was a kid, then how old is Bob now? I guess he could be like in his 80s or 90s. He could. Be, I mean, he does, he does look older. He looks like he could be in 60s. And no, but he looks like Eli, Leland's age. But Leland yeah, he kind looks, of looks like, like Leland's age. Yeah. So, yeah, was he young also? Like Leland? No, but he owned it. He lived in the house. He, but Leland says when I was a little boy... We, I went up to, you know, my uncles or whatever, whoever family member, whatever family member it was. Um, and he says Mm. this man, Bob, who owned this house or lived in this white house. I don't know. That's the only thing that doesn't totally match up for me, but maybe there's something more to explain. It doesn't really age or something. Yeah. Another big theme in this episode is they kind of figure out what the last clue from the giant was. Mm he points without chemicals. It comes up multiple times in this episode. Um, we see it in Ronette. She's, she has her IV and it's like filled with this blue mm-hmm. chemical. Um, and then we see Bob or no, not Bob. Sorry. Um, Mike, he is Bob's partner, um, in Cooper's dream. He's the one I'm armed man, basically. And he comes in to sell shoes to Harry and he sees a flyer for Bob on a table and it kind of freaks him out. He goes to the bathroom and he's kind of talking to himself, but then you see him inject himself with something and he 
I don't, it does, you can't tell if he like finally injects himself or not, but he ends up leaving the bathroom and he says, I'm on to yeah. you, Bob. Yeah. I, I don't know if he actually injected himself with the stuff. I'm not sure. Cause if, actually they find the empty was syringe, it empty or was right? it full? I don't remember. Doesn't, I think Cooper finds the empty okay. syringe. I'm just, I'm afterwards. glad that something significant is happening with the one-eyed man. I feel like he's been around for a while and we've had a lot of suspicion on him for a while and now we're finally getting some satisfaction with knowing that he has a link to bob and like like he's involved in all of this more now right he obviously knows bob for sure yeah and he runs out of the bathroom and he says bob i know you're near i'm after you now i wonder what which yeah because the police they don't know that oh we know do they know that he has a a link with Bob. Cooper had a dream oh, yeah. in which Bob and the third eye, or the one-armed man knew him. Yeah. Mike were okay. linked. Yeah, but then when they yeah. asked him about it, he said no. And then, but then they say, "Wait, I distinctly remember this conversation." They ask him about his arm, his missing arm, and he said there was a tattoo on it. And they asked him what the tattoo said, and he said, "Bob." Oh, Wasn't I don't that remember that, but. He used to have a tattoo of the name Bob on his arm that is now gone. That's yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Crazy, right? And I even for a th- for a second thought that he was the one that got into the car accident with Hank. Oh yeah, that let, that's that how he landed like, Hank lost in jail. That was like my theory, but then I was like, no, that wouldn't make sense because Hank wouldn't be in jail for. Because I think it was man, yeah. it was vehicular manslaughter, so it had to have been someone that died. So, but somebody else could have been in the car, and that's the person that died. Maybe hmm. that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting, because oh, because Bob said that he mm-hmm. lost his arm in an accident. So it could, that still could be the case, but yeah. uh, okay. that's another yeah, thing that, that hasn't be been brought up in a while. Yeah, and then another thing along the chemical line is we see Aubrey, and she's still stuck at One Eye Jacks. Um, Basically, um, Blackie and Emery have taken her prisoner, but we see that they're videotaping her and planning on sending a, a video to her father and they inject her with heroin, I think. I mean, they said ride the white tiger, which is like, um, yeah. slang for heroin basically. Yeah. And so that's like another person that's being injected with something. With like episode. chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, poor Aubrey. Yeah. Did you, I was like. I was like, what is Ride the White Tiger? Did you know what that was right away? No, I, d- I didn't. I looked it up. Uh-huh. And you know what I found out? The reason it's called a white tiger is because the volume markings on the syringe are supposed oh. to be like tiger stripes. And it's like white. Huh, that's I interesting. I thought that was interesting. It's like such a stretch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could pick anything. Like, it could be called like Ride the Swordfish because the needles, like, a, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's silly. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. I think that was on some website <laughs> that was like explaining the slang. But that's kind of terrifying. I mean, I hope she's okay. I know. She's like in a really bad situation right now. Yeah, we're kind of jumping around. But yeah, Aubrey is. She's basically Audrey. God, I keep doing that. Audrey, she's basically like prisoner. She's tied up. She's on drugs. They wake her up, but she seems really like out of it. It's a little scary. I'm scared for her. 
I know. She didn't... Did she even speak at all in this episode? No, I don't think so. Yeah. She's not her normal self. She can't charm her way out of it now. Yeah. <sighs> There's a really interesting scene with Audrey's dad and Cooper. Yeah. Where Cooper is like, have you heard from Audrey? You know, asking normal detective questions. And Ben basically like lays into him and he's like, don't think you're the first guy that's ever been charmed by our Audrey. I didn't. I mean, I felt like the way Cooper was talking about her, it was like very professional and it just seemed like he was really just doing his job and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that um, Ben kind of thought there was more to the relationship, which there isn't really but I could see how it could be easily seen that way and like why Ben wouldn't believe him. I think Ben is just being an asshole, honestly. And I think it's more of like <laughs> yeah. Cooper is being a better guardian at the very least to Audrey yeah. than Ben is. Yeah. Ben, like his daughter's missing and he doesn't really care. He's not, he should be the one that's following up with yeah. the police and being like, Hey, have you guys found anything? But they're coming to him and following up. And I think what Ben is doing is trying to belittle what Cooper is doing by acting like it's just because of like lust or whatever. Like he Mm -hmm. sees that Cooper's being an actual guardian to his daughter and it like annoys him because for whatever reason, he doesn't feel like she's worthy of that. And so instead of, you know, thinking Cooper or whatever, he's like belittles it and makes it something gross. Yeah. True. I think that that's what that scene was, but he's such an asshole. God. Yeah, he really Ugh, is. That scene made him, made me hate him even more. I bet you like in two episodes, we're going to be like, God, I love Ben. Oh, God damn it. I hope not. <laughs> we have to remember this, Jane. We have to remember we have to, like write this down in our section of notes that we're going to take for the next episode and just be like a little note. Remember, keep hating Ben Horn. Just remember. Just remember. <laughs> don't forget. I hope he doesn't do something that redeems himself. I feel like he Mark Frost will. and David Lynch do that. I feel like they make you he kind of dislike will. something and then like it all over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're good at that. Yeah. Um, ooh, we also get an update on Lucy. Oh my gosh, this is a random side story that started. Yeah, I know. Really random. So first, this man walks into the police station and he's like Lucy's lunch date. And when I, when he first walked in, he reminded me a little bit of James Bond. Ooh, interesting. And earlier in the episode, Albert tells Cooper that the gun that he was shot with was the same, was like the James Bond gun. I just realized who he reminds me of. Who? You watch Mad Men. Um, yeah. Do you remember the guy who is gay? He's one of the main um, artists. At the, oh. He's uh-huh. like gay, but no one knows he's gay. And then they have a whole storyline of him coming out kind of thing. Do you know who yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? That's yeah. exactly who I thought of. Oh, I can see that I feel too. Like they can dress the same too. I thought he did come off this character in Twin Peaks. did come off like he could be gay. Yeah. And he, he works at the Horns department store. Right. He works in, uh, for Andre's dad. Yeah. So we find out that Lucy b- was basically impregnated by him and that he, they were dating for th- three months and then stopped three weeks ago, which means that six, her- Six weeks six ago. Six weeks ago. That means they haven't been, even been dating that long. Her and- Yeah. Um, I uh, wonder how long- um, God, what's his Andy? I heard Andy have actually been dating. I, just I guess we didn't long term. I guess it didn't really come to our attention until like a couple episodes ago, like maybe like five mm-hmm. episodes ago. I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like it's been like that from the beginning. 
I don't remember. But the, I, no I think the show, like the actual days that have gone by since the murder have only been like maybe a week or two at this yeah. point. Maybe they, they probably started dating after. They must Yeah, because I remember he, he talks to her. Andy starts talking to her in the first episode because he's like, I, what does he say? Oh, I was crying. He tells her he was crying at the body. Oh, yeah. And they have that conversation. So they, so they were definitely to... dating in the beginning. But I do it they do come off like a newer relationship. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Like even when like when they're mad at each other or don't talk to each other, it just seems like there's a little bit of distance there, like where they really don't know each other well enough to know how to react when one is mad. So they just kind of give each other space. Right. I don't know. It just, yeah. I just it feels like a new relation newer relationship to me now that I look back at it. It seems either new or they are just like teenagers because they both mm. are a little like simple minded. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. Mm. <laughs> but so like it almost didn't, I, I never really thought they were new. I just thought they like didn't really know how to be together because they were not. like in a, a mature, like adult Yeah, not that mature. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. That's the right word. It seems like an immature yeah. relationship, like a young yeah. relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get an update on Nadine. God, that was scary. If anything was scary in this episode, that scene with Nadine scared me. Really? Yes. That scene didn't scare me. Well, she's like her, she's tied down and like with chain straps and oh, she yeah. breaks them and she just like this like monster Hulk thing. And I was like really afraid she was just going to kill Ed in that moment. And she just said, How she just sweet was crazy. Ed singing to her though? That was sweet. So she thinks she's 18 now. I know. So she wakes up from <laughs> and she's Hulk. Coma. She's super strong and she thinks she's in high school and she's going to try out for the cheerleading team. <laughs> It's oh, crazy. You know what it reminded me of, though? Um, do you remember the episode where Ed tracks in a bunch of oil and he like gets it all over her curtain rods yeah. and she's working out? Yeah. And she gets so mad that she like bends. Oh, she the, bends the metal. The thing. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I forgot about and that. I was like, oh my god, she probably had adrenaline problems then too. Wow. Because at that point, I just like chalked it up as like, oh, another weird thing in Twin Peaks, you know? Yeah, but now it actually ties into something else. Yeah. Do you think adrenaline really makes you extra strong? Well, it, it does. I mean, people lift off cars to save like, someone they care about because they That's have that true. extreme rush of, of adrenaline. I don't understand how that I know works. it has something to do with like the blood pumping, um, like the blood pumping in your muscles and then like your muscles get bigger in that moment and then you are oh. stronger. It has something to do with that. That's interesting. Yeah, because like a bone is a bone, you know, you mm-hmm. you can hold as much weight as you can hold. But I guess I get what you're saying now. So your actual muscle gets more pumped up. Yeah, in that moment, that's with the really interesting. Adrenaline. I might not be 100 percent right, but it's something along those lines. No, nah, that's it. <laughs> well, let's not look it up. That's fine. <laughs> um, we also we got a little update on Jacoby. Oh, um, this is my moose head. Oh yeah, I could I could see that. Okay, but I could also see how it's reaching a little bit. Yeah, I re- I really like this scene. I thought it was really like we already knew he had an island obsession. Yeah, and then in this scene, they walk into his hospital room and it's like just decked out. He's got luau music playing. He has a Hawaiian yep. wife, which like who knew? <laughs> it's it was adorable. There. Yeah, 
she's pretty and young and Hawaiian. It's really <laughs> random. Um, so yeah, they hypnotize him in order to figure out who killed Jock. And Jacoby is able to recall that it was Leland. And at the end of this episode, Leland is taken into custody. Yeah, he's arrested. Yeah. And right before he's arrested, he has such a sweet scene. He totally redeems himself. It's the first time I feel like we've seen him like really with a good head on his shoulders regarding the death of his daughter. Because he's mm-hmm. comforting Maddie. Maddie's like venting to him and kind of breaks down and is crying about, you know, being here in this town and Laura being dead and people thinking that she looks like Laura. And and then, yeah, um, Leland's just comforting her and it's really sweet. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. really sweet. I, I was really like... See, this is what I mean. I was taken aback by how much I liked him in this episode because up until now, I was just like, God, he's such a creep. He doesn't know how to deal with his daughter's death. He seems like a killer, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but he just does such a good job of being a good uncle in this episode. And then, you know, he's caught for being a murderer. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, this is a big Donna episode. Yeah, I, I I can't believe it actually it took us so long to start talking about this. But, but like the whole Donna, James, Maddie love triangle thing just, con- it's you know, it's been going a little bit, but it was a big part in this episode and I really loved it. Like I, I, all I want to talk about is it and I kind of forgot until now. I know. This is all I want to talk about as well. <laughs> it was so great. Where do we even start? Oh, it was so juicy. It's so juicy. So number one... Did you notice that they're using their song as the theme for all of these scenes? Yes. This is so weird. It's so weird. It, if anything, that's the moose head. Yeah. And you know that song is called James's Song. Yeah. That's like the like in the actual soundtrack or whatever, it's called James's Song. Um and we didn't talk about this I think it was last episode that they recorded this song, right? Yeah. We didn't talk about it then, but didn't it did not sound like James was singing it, but really? it was made to look like he was singing it. Was it's like he? a very high pitched voice. You didn't believe it? You don't believe that it was him actually singing or it didn't you... sound like his voice at all to me. I I didn't I didn't huh, notice that. You had no okay. Never mind. I don't know. It could be the case, but I, I feel like a lot of times a lot of times people can sound a little different when they're singing than you'd expect. I mean I've experienced it firsthand. That's true. I don't know. I re I rewatched that clip from the last episode today and I was just like, God, that does not sound like him. Huh. I don't know. Do you want to listen to it real quick? Sure. Okay. I just made Alicia go listen to the <laughs> to the song again. I think it sounds like his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I thought it sounded weird, but whatever. Okay. Let's <laughs> I mean, he's singing like high pitched and there's definitely some like echo on the song or some kind of filter or something. Yeah. But I, I think it's him. 
Okay. I mean, I, I think it is him. It's just like, why would you ever sing? It sounds like he's doing an impression of a girl trying to sing kind of thing. Well, he's singing high pitched. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay. I'm not Watch this. This becomes like a key part in the show. <laughs> it's actually Laura like coming through him or something. Oh, creepy. <laughs> um, so wait, I'm sorry. Where, where, oh, we were just starting to talk about James <gasps> and Madeline. Finally. And, okay. Yeah. All right. You start. Um, so, well, the first thing, which I thought was kind of funny. So, James gets, uh, he's released. He's like out of jail or out of custody. And he's supposed to be meeting with Donna and Maddie at the diner. And it's just him and Maddie first. And he's even talking to Maddie about like, do you notice anything different with Donna? She just like seems to be acting like tough lately or like, you know, she's different. Yeah. Because she did that for like one episode. Right. Um, but it's not her. And that line is talk- so weird where he's like, I thought she just like wanted to do me through the bars. <laughs> I know it was a very, uh, I don't know. It was like very honest and he was like super open with Maddie about that. But he's never sounded more like a high school boy in my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're just reminded like, oh, they're, they're like in high school. Yeah. <laughs> we forget. Um, but Maddie's kind of consoling him at some point and she's holding his hand and Donna walks into the diner and sees it. And I, I really like the way Donna reacts. She stands up for herself. Yeah. It's so it's, good. Oh, this is the part where she's like, she just says she met Harold Smith and she... Oh, yeah. It's very high school. <laughs> yeah, she's I like... I just hung out with this cute, charming young man, just so you know. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, he's actually very mature, unlike anyone else I know. And they're like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> and Donna's like, why don't you sit here and hold hands and figure it out? I love that line. That was like my favorite line in this whole show. Me too. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm so proud of her. We don't see that from her too much. Why don't you just sit here and hold hands and try and figure it out? <laughs> figure it out. But like also in that moment when she said that, when she said like he was very mature and charming and this and that, and I don't know anybody like that. I mean, obviously she's pointing it directly at James. Mm-hmm. But when she said that, it kind of reminded me of when Laura was talking about James on her recording. And she said something about like, he's like, James is really nice. Or she was saying like, he wasn't smart. Do you remember that? Yeah. She was saying he's just nice, but I can't remember. Yeah, like, oh, like, but there's not much more there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it It was. When Donna said that, it kind of reminded me of Loris thinking that about James. And he obviously took it personally because he's like, what is that supposed to mean? Right. I mean, it does kind of seem like there's not much else there because he's just like, sometimes I just want to get on my bike and ride away. Like he's just, <laughs> he's a little jockey. I know. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he goes very deep. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so Donna storms out of that restaurant and then like a few scenes later, we're back at Madeline's house, at Leland's house and James comes over and she's like, what's going on? And James is like, I can't find Donna. I'm really upset. My mom is drunk, which is like. It's weird that that's just like a one-liner throwaway line kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. they don't they don't ever show James's mom. They don't really go any more into it, and it's just like forgotten. I feel like this is the second yeah. time she's been brought up, and like they don't really ever just go randomly. into any detail. Yeah. And so anyway, Madeline starts consoling him, and then they do they kiss. They kiss. They do kiss. Yeah. They kiss. And Donna, who has the best timing ever. <laughs> 
walks in and is, of course, upset and runs out. And James runs after her. He just, like, throws a fit, too. It's yeah, kind of, he, it's like, kind of knocks ridiculous. over a lamp. It's <laughs> like, da-da! Or like, god damn it! <laughs> he, this part's so ridiculous. He, he, he yells, like, he's like, Donna! And then he runs out into the street, and she drives away in her van. And he's like, Donna! Yells at her. And then he's like, why? <laughs> I know. It's so cheesy. It's so <laughs> cheesy. It was oh. really funny. He's so, like, cringeworthy, this episode. Just makes me cringe. He's just like such an 18 year old. And the fact that like I can, when he goes, when he goes to see Maddie and be like, I can't find Donna anywhere. I just like, for some reason I feel like he didn't even really look anywhere. He did it. Yeah. Twin like, Peaks is he, tiny. I know. Like it, he doesn't sound like rushed or he's not like, like she's not in this place or this place. Like where, where else could she be? Or I don't, I don't know. It just like, doesn't seem believable. Like, yeah. I don't think he looked at all. I think he just like went to talk to Maddie and it really didn't. See, yeah. I feel like he just has, it's drawn to Madeline because she looks like Laura Yeah, and he's like, I mean, just admit it to yourself. Like it's okay if you like someone else, but don't fake it and make Donna feel horrible. Yeah. It's kind of sad that there's another love triangle already immediately after Laura dies and Donna, I thought it was a really good scene when Donna goes to talk to Laura at her grave, Laura's grave. Yeah. And she just kind of like upstate updates Laura on everything that's been happening with James and Maddie and how she's feeling about it. And she gets really upset at Laura. And I thought it was a really good scene. Me too. I think it's really good because normally when you see people at graves in television shows or movies, they're more like they're either really sullen or they're having like, you know, a really sweet conversation of like, I really miss you. And like all this stuff is happening and you're not here to like have it happen type thing. But she just has like a really real conversation with Laura. I mean, it's one sided. It's the same conversation that she would have had with Laura if Laura was alive. Exactly. And And that's kind of how you feel, but that's kind of how you feel when people leave abruptly. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like, they're gone. You feel like, you know, how, you know, they're in the other room or they're like a state away kind of thing. Like it just doesn't ever feel like they're gone, gone kind of thing. Yeah. It's just too hard to comprehend that. So I could totally see, I could, you know, God forbid, but if you or Brittany <laughs> ever died, I could totally see going to a graveyard and like having an actual conversation with you guys rather than like acting like, you know, you're missing all this stuff and like, I really miss you. And just, I don't know, having like a weird light, conversation yeah I don't know it felt really real and I really liked it yeah very yeah very real um sad it was really sad really sad Mm -hmm. yeah and she said something really poignant she said as much as I love you Laura most of the time we were trying to solve your problems and we still are oh yeah I love that line it's so true it's so true yeah it's like it's incredible and you realize like that line really like hits home. Like you realize that you're watching a show about Laura Palmer's murder, but there's all these people left in the town who have their own lives to deal with. But really like everything is kind of surrounding Laura still. Yeah. And it seemed, I mean, before she was so connected with so many different people in the town and she still is, she still has that same lasting impact and you know, they're not really able to move on with their lives yet. And you see that with everyone in the town. Yeah. And also, like, 
this whole th- this like focus on Donna this episode, it kind of made me feel like she was the most well-adjusted character in like the traditional sense. Like she has amazing parents. Mm-hmm. She you know has a fine home life. She is like a good girl like in the traditional sense again. She is, and she's like normal. Like nothing crazy is going on with her. She doesn't really have any secrets so far like that we know of. Yeah. She just seems like Whereas a like, young immature like high school girl like she she seems like her age right but like her good head on her shoulders but even like audrey like audrey i would say has a good head on her shoulders but she is obviously damaged yeah you can tell like no one acts out like that or is like that sexual at a young age or you know kind of conniving without having something happen to them I don't know. I just feel like Donna is so well adjusted and this episode was like really interesting to watch someone so well adjusted kind of unravel and the reasons why that would happen. And yeah, I really liked it. She's like my favorite character now. I was just thinking that too. I was thinking she's, she's my pick for this episode. We got to see a lot more in her and she really, yeah, she just has a good sense for like what's going on and what things really mean and, but I, I feel at the same time, I also feel like she's kind of naive and she gets taken advantage of a lot um, or she lets herself get taken advantage of. Um, right. But it'll be interesting. It seems like the show is kind of directing her to become less naive and kind of have like all that innocence be broken. It'll be interesting to see her go through that. Like that's what it seems mm-hmm. like this whole episode was about kind of. Yeah. She's totally like you know, breaking through to the truth. Yeah, because we kind of see her in the last one when she's acting all tough and trying to take on this different persona. And she even admits um, when she's talking to Laura on her grave, she's like, I, you know, I used to always want to be like you. And it really seems she was trying to be like Laura in the last episode when she was acting like a bad girl. But so she's just kind of like going through things and testing things out. um, And just, yeah, she's like figuring things out and she's kind of growing up. Yeah, and I'm excited to watch that. I feel like it should just be like the Donna Audrey show. <laughs> Donna Audrey, yes. Cooper. <laughs> Don, oh, yeah. Donna Audrey and Cooper take Twin Peaks. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to see. I'm even more excited to see what happened to their characters in this third season. Like Audrey and Donna, especially because they're both like young adults in this season. Mm-hmm. And when they return, it's supposed to be 20 years later. I'm really curious, like, what happened? Oh, yeah. What happened with them? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be really interesting. I haven't thought too much about this reboot. That's all I've really, like, I've thought about is, like, oh, it'll be interesting to hear, like, what's been going on kind of thing. Or, like, where everyone ended up. Especially the younger kids because they're the ones that are most in, most in flux. Yeah. You know? There's going to be the biggest changes with their lives. Mm-hmm. It will be really interesting to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, my gosh. I just got a lot more excited about it. <laughs> it's even more... That, that makes it even more amazing that all the actors and actresses returned. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, whenever... I mean, whenever something similar like this happens with a movie or a show, it's. I feel like it's rare to have so many of the original cast appear in it. But, like... Especially, especially when you have, like, 30 main characters. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Everyone is important. So, yeah, it's amazing. I'm excited. Um, we haven't really touched on the whole um, Blackie conspiracy. Oh. Um, remember, Jean, so Jean Renault's 
Jean Reno, which is Jacques. Jacques, Jacques' brother. Yeah, his oldest brother. And I wonder if there's any more brothers. It could be. I'm curious. Um, I was like, is this the end of them or what? <laughs> like two of them are dead now. <laughs> Come on. Um, so Jean Reno turns up and he is obviously frustrated that his both, both of his brothers are dead. Frustrated is probably the wrong word. He's mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looking for revenge. And they decide to use Aubrey as like bait, basically. And so in this episode, a some sort of conspiracy is brewing. They're about to like use Aubrey as a way to get both Ben and Cooper. Yeah, both like just, money from Ben and Cooper because they're basically blaming Cooper for Jacques' death. And John wants, yeah. he wants to get revenge on Cooper. It was scary to hear. I know. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Cooper, no. I want to save him. One of my favorite lines from John was when he was... This is another one of my favorite lines from this episode, where he's, like, feeding Audrey candy. Uh-huh. And then in his French-Canadian accent, he's like, candy is dandy, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that line. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a good impression of it, but it was really good. And then he injects drugs into her. <laughs> right. It's like feeding her candy um, and then injects drugs. Yeah. And then he's like, ride the white tiger. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to cover well, today? Well, I think the last thing that I was thinking about as we've been talking was this whole like Donna and Harold Smith new relationship that's forming. I mean, after Donna sees James and Maddie kissing and holding each other, right. she runs over to Harold's place, which she has met for the first time today. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I had nowhere else to go. And she kind of like goes there. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, she doesn't really know if she can trust him yet either. I think she obviously likes him. Yeah. And she's kind of using this. This is just like James being like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find Donna. (laughs) And so he goes straight to Madeline. I had nowhere else to go. It's just an excuse to like do what you really want to do. Yeah. Because James really wanted to see Maddie. You know, and just an excuse. I couldn't find Donna. So I need to come find you. That's so funny. The amount of parallels that they do in every episode is like crazy. Yeah. Like they do so many. It's I like forget that that's one of their favorite things to do. I really like it. And it's easy to not notice. Yeah. Like I just thought of that now as we were talking. But yeah, I think that is definitely a parallel. Like she's basically doing the same thing. Yeah. And the, the thing there's, I'm really excited about the relationship, but we have this huge problem at the end of the episode where we find out that he has one of Laura's diaries, maybe the most recent one, maybe like an actual real one. Where's the other one? I don't know if that one's real. Like it could have been a fake one or like a setup one. We don't know. Um, but it just, their relationship because Harold obviously knows a lot about Donna Mm -hmm. and he was saying that, um, that Laura and him were really close. And even Donna, when she's talking to Laura at a gravesite, is saying like, so did you sleep with Harold or what? Like, you know, <laughs> but then it made me think like, I like, I don't, you can't really trust him yet because you don't, right. we don't know him. And I just get this feeling like I'm afraid to trust him. I want to, because obviously he seems nice and sweet. And, um, but I don't trust him yet. And he knows so much about Donna. And then when we saw the diary, it just made me think like, did he really even know Laura that well or like he just knows all this stuff because of her diary not necessarily from Laura and like them being close it's just I'm not really sure what his intentions are and like what's actually true yeah I mean and and 
Laura's really the type of person that someone would get obsessed with and like would yeah. steal a diary and research it and like become a professional yes. um, Laura fact knower <laughs> and then, you know, relate those facts to her best friend and act like he knew her really well. He's so like, it wouldn't be yes. surprising. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just not really sure what the angle is on this, but I don't necessarily trust it. And Donna seems to already be going in that like innocent back to that innocent young girl and yeah I don't know but I then she, see, she sees the diary so we'll see what comes of that next right I know I'm so happy that she saw it and that we weren't left with like an image of it as the audience without her <gasps> seeing it that would have been horrible that, that would have been a huge difference yeah. because of the fact like what you just said a few minutes ago about you feel like the show is really kind of showing Donna's character get to a new level of you know, like growing in a maturity, mm-hmm. like they could have easily just showed us the diary and not like have Donna see it. But the fact that she actually sees it just really like um, reinforces that direction that the show's trying to get her to go in. Like, yeah. like kind of like smashing that like innocence that she has. And like, she's kind of seeing things how they really are now. And that's a good point. Yeah. I think you're right. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I honestly, like, within five minutes of Harold's character being introduced, I was like, oh, he's going to be my favorite character this episode. Mm-hmm. And then this happens at the end, and I was like, well, I'm not going to go back on it. I still really liked him, and I do think he's suspicious, and I wouldn't be surprised if something happened with him, but I think it was all purposeful. I think, you know, Twin Peaks introduces multiple characters per episode. It's not, like, a big deal for a new character to appear. But this mm-hmm. one they specifically made seem likable for... 95% of the episode until they show you that diary. And then you're like, oh no. I, like, I think this is all purposeful. We were supposed to like him. We're supposed to mm-hmm. question him at we're the end. We're supposed to have a good impression, a good first impression of yeah. him. And- yeah. So we'll see where that leads. I'm really excited though. Mm-hmm. He's like the first new character that I've been really excited about rather than feeling overwhelmed by like the amount of characters. Yeah. Which is kind of how I feel about that guy who's like been falling on Cooper. I'm like, what is oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> like I almost didn't even want to talk about it. I'm like, uh, let's just wait until more happens with it. Cause there's still, <laughs> there are still so many layers and there's so much going on and there's so much that we just don't even have time yeah. to touch upon. The only update we have for this episode is like, he's back again and he's, he's peering over here. his newspaper again. He's still watching Cooper. And yeah. <laughs> and he's still silent. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I, I really love this episode. Um, I think I'm going to go, can I go 10 out of 10? I'm like too scared. Yeah. Wait, why are you scared? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a little crazy to go 10 out of 10. I, I'm going to go 10 out of 10. What are you going to go? It was a really good episode. Like I don't, I don't have any reason why it shouldn't be 10 out of 10 either. I'm just going to say 9 out of 10 because See? I didn't like, what? <laughs> because I, I do, I, I don't, you obviously you feel, didn't feel it. You feel like stronger than I feel. So okay. I have to have that bit of contrast, but it was a great episode. I loved it. I loved it. I was fair super enough. happy with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nine and um, a half out of 10. <laughs> Um, so my moose head was Jacoby's luau room, his ho- luau hospital room. What, what did you, did you say that you found one or no? I, I couldn't even find one during the episode. Looking back now, there's only one moment that I thought was kind of like funny or weird. It's not even that weird, but when, um, they're at one Eye Jack's and they're talking with Blackie and uh-huh. Jean, Jean Ren, what is it? What's his name? Jean Renaud. Uh, Renaud. Jean Renaud. Um, they're kind of negotiating or like talking about their plan and the perfume counter 
manager is there and he's obviously uh-huh. like really nervous he's like i don't want to lose my job but he's the one that told them about like audrey being the owner's daughter yeah um and he's just like very afraid and uh timid and nervous and the the girl like just kind of like slaps him on the head just to like <laughs> <laughs> slaps him on like his big bald head and he just like doesn't do anything and i just thought that was kind of a funny moment yeah like who does that and it just like reinforces like how like powerless he is. Silly and yeah. I thought totally. that was kind of silly moment I liked. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Um, uh, do you have a favorite character this episode? Donna. Oh Donna. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yours is uh Harold. Harold. Yeah. Although I'm really scared of him, but also <laughs> I'm excited. Mm. Like he could be the killer, who knows? You never know. Can I pick him as my favorite character and the killer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that's, I'm going to do that. That's kind of like, why would you pick the killer as your favorite character, Shane? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which one he is. It's like 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I could pick the killer as my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. You just, okay. just like something's wrong with you, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I can't. I'm saying you can. It's I just, too late. <laughs> Um, what, what is yours? I, of the week? I don't even want to pick a killer because I feel like it's not even about that anymore fully mm-hmm. that like, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm going to pick like a liver of the week, a liver of the I'm week. Ju- I'm just kidding. Wait, I'm what? kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we should have called our favorite character. Uh, oh, a of liver killer. of the week, the killer and the liver. <laughs> Um, um, you don't have to pick one. Do you want to not pick one? I want to. This is unprecedented. I, I'm my color of the week is no comment. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. No comment, and I walk away. <laughs> no paparazzi. <please. laughs> no more pictures. Um, I, that's really funny. Um, and I don't, I don't remember, but there wasn't a big food thing. I can think of one thing. Went with Cooper with the donuts, but then he just like sets them down on the desk. Oh no, not that! Oh, what are you thinking? About? <laughs> I'm surprised you remember that. That's like not even. That's like a non. He like comes in with the donuts, and then just like sets them. He's like, oh, like let's like eat, and then Harry just starts talking about something serious about like Josie, and he just puts them down, right. and they like not thought about anymore. Like they don't. Oh, not, Josie's They don't back. care. Or she's coming back tomorrow. That he says or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the food thing you remember? Uh, um, when Lucy goes on her date, just the way she's like oh. eating her food, but it's like kind of, she's kind of disgusted just, like, by it. She's kind of just like picking at it, like messing with yeah, it Yeah, she's fork. like playing with her food. She's not really eating it. That was the only thing. This was like a very, like, there was almost no food in this episode, which is surprising for Twin Peaks. that for me, it's because the replacement for food or like things that go into your body this episode are like drugs and chemicals, you know? Because like that was a big theme and like everyone was, a lot of people were like taking drugs or being for, for drugs were forced in them or something. Yeah. I feel like we naturally find these parallels every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like the drugs or like, you know, the, the way they talk about food, like in a paralleled way or the way we just talked about Donna and James and their reasons for finding their new lovers. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should make a effort to make sure that we are like aware of these parallels. Cause I don't know if I always am. And sometimes we naturally find them and I'm like, wow, they really try hard to like make really cool parallels mm-hmm. between different scenes. I love it. I love when we find them. Okay, I'm trying to notice that more. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that we usually talk about every episode is a log lady, but she was not here. Not here, not reference, not in the background. So sad. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. She's just back at home in her log she's cabin. She's making cookies and... <laughs> <laughs> she's making some sugar cookies. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to mention, so you know how they found Donna's... I mean, not Donna. Um... Laura's diary at the end of the episode. Yeah. Did you, do you know this trivia? Oh, I do, but go ahead and say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, David Lynch's daughter, Jennifer Lynch, wrote a book called The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer in 1990. And this episode came out right after this, her book was published, her actual book. And they use the same cover, the cover for the actual, the prop in the book or in the show was the same cover as the actual book. I think that's an interesting parallel. I mean, it's a parallel to like real life. Like, Yeah. It really feels like Twin Peaks is like a family event for David mm-hmm. Lynch. Like his son was just in the last episode. His daughter wrote a book that is like from the main character's perspective. Yeah, it came out that time. It's all happening like during the time but it just feels like his whole family is kind of involved in this crazy cult phenomenon like it's not surprising that he became a cult phenomenon because even just the showrunner's whole family was involved in it already david lynch was from a small town i feel like he could be and the way that his family is all involved in it too just makes me think like well they're all like really close and right yeah that's really interesting I bet that is true, and we'll look it up for our next episode. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out where David Lynch grew up. <laughs> Don't, no one go to Wikipedia. I swear to God, if one of our <laughs> listeners goes to Wikipedia, that's it. We're done. And we'll find out. We'll know. We keep we'll tabs. We'll find you. <laughs> um... I think that's all I've got for this yeah. episode. Yay, my favorite episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. So um, please send us an email if you've been listening to us. You can send us an email at logladiespodcast at gmail.com. We really want to know who's been listening to us and hear from our listeners. Send us questions. Tell us things we got wrong, etc. Yeah, tell, send us a question. Tell us about a dream you've had. Uh, ask. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, just like something weird. <laughs> just like send us a picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> no dick pics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad you said that. Um, <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter at Log Ladies Pod and also send all that stuff to us on Twitter. Please let us know if you're listening um, and leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us, um, etc. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, See you next week. Bye. Bye.